How's it going, everybody? Derek from Make Media Studios, and this week's podcast is with Danny Dodge of Dodge Media Group out in Colorado. Uh, I follow some of his work on some of the Facebook groups that we're in together, and um, he's got an amazing setup, and I want to learn more about it. So, hi, Danny. Hello, Derek. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Thanks for talking with me today. Oh, not a problem. You know, the weirdest <laughs> part about this is uh, this camera right here. So that's supposedly you. But yeah. if you look just to the left here, there you are on my screen. So I'd really rather look at here, but I'm going to have to look at this. It's a TV is such a weird deal, man. <laughs> I understand. I understand because mine's right here, right? So that's me looking at you. But then I got I look here to see you. Uh -huh. So you got to look at the one eye cyclops the whole time here. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Uh, just well, I'd love to hear about your 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 past and your history. I mean, I get you. I bet you got a lot of stories. And where what do you oh. do, Danny? I basically try to not get bored, you know, as much as I can. I try to not to be bored and it ends up being, you know, kind of fun and kind of hard at times. But I enjoy uh, learning new things. It's weird. You know, I never got through college because I was I was I didn't have a memory, but I love learning. I always thought, well, you just don't learn well at all. But I actually do It's a different type of learning. So when mm -hmm. I got into this field, one suggestion of a friend of mine, um, it's, it was just opened up a whole new door to me. You know, right. I, I'm doing things that I never thought I would ever do in my life. It's crazy. Um, I've been around the world. I've literally filmed in Africa, New Zealand, Alaska, Canada. I mean, you name it. It's just been one crazy, crazy career. Um, and I have literally, I've been hanging out of a helicopter over, um, uh, <laughs> Denver, Colorado. Um, I've filmed in buildings where the, the military says they don't exist, but I know I was physically there at some point in time. Um, <laughs> so you just, you know, you get, I get, I've filmed with politicians. That's probably the craziest thing and I've ever done. And I'll probably would never do that by choice anymore, yeah. but you know, it, it's a, a full gamut of things. And as you can see, I mean, over here, <laughs> I've got my 3d printer. I, I enjoy doing 3d printing. It's just another Avenue of a, kind of a release here, but That's really it's cool. so much fun. It's a lot of fun doing all these different things. And uh, I just don't have enough room to put all the information here. So I'm constantly relearning. And, uh, and the best thing in the, in the world is to teach it because I think that really locks it in and helps you understand why you do the things you do. Because, you know, I have to say a certain portion of what I do is natural after a period of time. Right. Had so many failures when I was young that I go, wow, you're really messed up, dude. You can't learn anything. Well, then you try extra, extra hard to do it. And you always see everything you do as a failure. You're going, well, I got lucky on that one. And yeah. at some point in time, you realize, hey, man, I ain't lucky. I'm doing good. I mean, yeah. that was probably 10 or 12 years into my career. I, I stopped saying, well, you're just a lucky guy. And yeah. I started realizing that the talents I have, mm -hmm. I worked really hard to build them, but I'm there. So that is a rundown of kind of where I've been. I've, I've literally blown up buses filmed with high speed cameras at 10,000 frames per second. And the shutter speed on that one was one five millionth of a second. I know oh most gosh. of you guys are shooting one sixtieth of a frame. I'm shooting with one five millionth of a frame on those things. We've stopped bullets in flight. Uh, it, it's crazy. And I'll tell you what's the coolest thing is launching a, a bottle rocket. Okay. They're illegal in Colorado. I got to say that. All right. <laughs> but I launched a bottle rocket and I shot it at 10,000 frames a second. It took it five minutes just for that one little spurt to come out. You know, it's oh like gosh. 10,000 frames is crazy. Wow. But uh, like on the bust explosion, I had four gigabytes, gigabytes of hard drive uh -huh. that I was going to be using for my storage on my the image. So I have 10,000 frames a second, one five thousandth of a second or one five minutes or whatever. 
now the numbers are starting to run together. But it only gave me a, a second and a half of recording time. Oh so God. I had to time the explosion sure. to capture that footage in a second and a half. Wow. So um, in the end, I had five minutes of footage. And that was the <laughs> coolest footage I've ever shot. So, all right, I'm going to stop talking. That's about me. <laughs> Ask some questions or tell me to get out of here. Either one. <laughs> no, Danny, that is awesome. Um, there is so You've done so many things. How many years have you been doing this? Oh, dude, I'm about to tell my age. I'm, I've been doing this since 1985. 1985. Um, I've started, I've stopped. I think it's like 35 years. You know, wow. I'm not real good on calculating numbers, but man, it's a long time. I used to think about, I mean, I hear a guy who says, oh, I've been in the business for 30 years. I go, whoo, you are an old fart. <laughs> I'm an older than old fart. <laughs> but hey, I mean, you're doing something that you enjoy, you love. Um, you're, the part you talked about with educational, about teaching it. I think that that's something that I'm learning now too. Like yeah. I, I enjoy learning something and then regurgitating it back out to someone else. And that helps me oh, memorize yeah. it by, by learning it and then showing it kind of makes that loop. It sure does. It's amazing. I, I just, uh, I think way back I, I realized, well, the best, you know, I, at, at one point I didn't really have an ego, but I had, I was proud. I, I wanted not to be outdone by anyone. Well, I, I finally got over that. You know, yeah. that was the best thing that I did. Yeah. The first thing is not to have an ego because I tell people, I say, if you have an ego, it's your willingness not to learn. You know, if you're not yeah. willing to learn from somebody else, I'm willing to learn from you, Derek. I'm willing to learn from a kid in high school. And I can tell you, I have actually have done that. Yeah. Um, everybody's got a unique perspective. They come in from a different angle and they may have that perspective that you don't see. And you're going, you know, if you're an egotist and you don't want to hear what he's got to say, you're not going to accelerate. You're not going to yeah. move through life and get better and better. You're just going to stay that same bossy person that you always were. And, mm -hmm. and you're probably not going to be getting many jobs real easily. And yeah. if you do, you might be moving out pretty quick too, because yeah. others just don't like to work with ego. Yeah. So there's, yeah. I, and I, I think it was one of my film teachers I talked to, uh, he was giving a speech in our class and he kind of went over that. There's a lot of people with those egos, an ego like that in this career field. And it's oh, yeah. like the top 10% of like our, our field are not egotistic. Actually, no, they're real That's nice, right. great people. It's the, uh -huh. it's the 90% below them that are kind of holding or pushing other people down. I call those wannabes. And yeah. as soon as you become a wannabe in my world, you're going to be wanting to be for a long time because you ain't going to be, and you're not going to be in my world. I'll be nice enough, but I, and you know, I've told guys like this, I said, if you've got an ego and you got a briefcase, leave it outside the door, please. Because yeah. at this table, the best answers, the best ideas, they went out over ego. Yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, mentality, I think, to have. Definitely, I try to keep myself on that same level. Um, what else? What are you, what are you doing these days? Anything big going on? Oh, man, some cool stuff. That's for darn sure. Um, I So for 15 years, I got into the network television stuff, really just enjoyed traveling and doing stuff. Okay, let's back up. I didn't enjoy the travel so much. I enjoyed when I got there and saw yeah, it all. Right. Um, but... I got to a point to where I said, you know, I, I am, you know, I've never been a traveling man. I'm a family man. I love to be with family. And so it hurt when I was gone. Yeah. And I finally got to the point here two, three years ago. I said, you know, it's time to stop all this travel. I have got to spend more time with the family. Yeah. And that was a learning experience for me. I had to, 
I had to back off what I knew. And actually what I knew was I was turning jobs down all the time, you know, networks knew me, they knew what I could do and they would call me and I would simply have to turn down most of them and then just shoot with the ones I really enjoyed. Um, But then I go, okay, now I would have to do local work. And that was a whole new world for me. Um, I had broke away from it, not remembering this, but I broke away because I was tired of fighting for the dollar. You know, locally, they don't recognize value. Um, and, and if you're doing local commercials, they don't recognize skill. They don't understand why they're hiring somebody who's really good. They think, let's get grandpa in here. We got a great idea. Well, right. they don't realize that a guy like me, who's been in 35 years film for some of the top companies in the world. And I'm, I mean, right next to some of the best marketing people, I learned a lot from them. And right. so I'm applying that. And so when I say we have to, if they say they got a great idea, I say, well, what, when we back off here, let's work from a, like a structural point of view. Okay. You have a target, you know, you're, you're, you're person that you want to get to, you want to influence, you want to make them make a decision on what to buy and the services and all this, you have to figure out what it is that makes them tick. So whatever it is that makes them tick, you pair that up with whatever you have that applies to that. Mm-hmm. Then you put that in motion to, you know, influence them emotionally because uh, emotion is one of the biggest driving forces in marketing uh, yeah. period. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I will talk and I'll get off path and you'll have to redirect me, Derek. So You're anyhow, no. that's as far as I can get without remembering what I was actually talking about in the first place. So. <laughs> I, we're just, we're going down, a, we're going down a path and wherever we, we end up, that's where we're going. <laughs> All right. good. <laughs> that works for me because man, I'll tell you, you know, the, one of the things I realized, uh, well, I was lucky enough to film for a lot of very big companies, even inside of some of their secret meetings. And one of the best things I ever got from any one of these top marketing people was um, keep your eye on your path. Yeah. But have a peripheral vision because that path may take 90 degrees off and that will be your success line. So don't lose sight of your goals. Just recognize when the path turns. Yeah. And and be willing to take that turn. Yes. Yes. And take it with, I say, take it with caution, you know, um, Everybody, and I get calls and emails and texts all the time on great ideas. Danny, I got a great idea. I'd like to have you help me do this and that and all that. Well, man, when I first started my career, all I, I mean, I was Mr. Idea Man. And I got it, you know, I got to tell you, I've had a lot of great ideas. I was a big time inventor when I was age six or seven. I was the first guy on my back porch to create what they call a weed eater back then, which now is just that little thing yeah. that spins around, cuts the, you know, it's with a wire. Right. Every Home yeah. Depot, so, a whole aisle to them. <laughs> yeah. So 10 years before the guy came out with a weed ear, I had one on the back porch and I didn't think about it. I just took a motor, put a wire on there, started spinning and I turned it upside down and started cutting the grass. And I go, Hey mom, look, yeah. I got a, I made a new lawnmower. And, and I remember her words. Oh, that's nice, honey. Mom, <laughs> we could have been millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyhow, you know, I was hitting miss all along and I had lots of great ideas. A lot of them, most of them were stolen by big companies. And uh, for a while I just dropped out and I said, heck with it. And yep. then, uh, you know, I did have a pretty good success at one point. One of the companies that I developed a tripod for okay. um, actually machined it out, tested it and all this stuff. Um, and they, they went ahead with, uh, you know, traded me some product for that, which I nice. was just happy to get anything at that point. Yeah. I was 27 years old. I, you know, I just needed to see some success from my inventions. Anyhow. Right. Yeah. You can see I've gone all over the place. I've even been a network television, um, news anchor. So oh, wow. headline many years ago, it was only a year. And I said, the heck with this crap. Yeah. I got right. Out. Where was that at? <laughs> 
Oh, that was a headline. It was a local edition of Headline News here in Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. And we ended up breaking one of the biggest stories in in many, many years. Uh, It was the Matthew Brady um, story where um, the poor fellow, some people who were anti-gay basically killed him. And we were the ones who broke that story because of our connections. Uh, It was it was sad times. It was yeah. not uh, the best times. And we had the, during my time there, we also had the Columbine um, oh, yeah. thing yep. go on where, you know, that, I, and I tell you what, that was a contemplation. Do I go down there? I said, no, I said, you know, guys, news, there's plenty of news going to cover this. They're going to sensationalize everything there is there. I don't even want to be a part of it. And that was my big deal. I did not want to sensationalize yeah. anything. I want real reality. And that's why I think I enjoy filming um, documentary style stories more than anything. Because so. you get to tell the truth in with your edit and your filming. You do, you do. And you can actually take the person in right inside the world that's happening. And, you know, I, through the years, I've actually developed some really interesting techniques to help me do stuff without having to use my brain. And it all bases around theory. You know, theory is one of the best things that you can develop. And because it's, it's a, it's like, um, let's say a plus B equals C. Right. All right. That theory, you can apply to so many different equations and always get the right answer. And so what I did is I, and this was a really interesting situation. I was up filming in the mountains. Another kid was coming in. He's a brand new to the business. He was just going to tag along and learn what I was, you know, how to do this stuff. Well, I got extremely sick to the non-functional point and I go, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? So I, I, in 15 minutes, I came up with this idea of how can I tell this kid what to do? So using theory that he can just continually do what I do and we can make success. So I came up with a theory and we were filming a hunting show. So this is the way I used it. I said, there's five perspectives. There's yours as a camera guy. You're the second person in this. There's the hunter his perspective and really his perspective is what he sees and looks at. All right. You can see his face, you can read his emotions. Then you get his perspective. You know, if he hears Mm -hmm. a noise over here, bing, you're on that. So you got to get all those shots. So, uh, then there's God's perspective. That's the big wide. God's looking at everything. Right. That's the first shot you do because you establish mm-hmm. everything that's going to happen in this little vignette. Um, then there's the animals. They're looking through trees. There's a, they're, they're observing from a far away third person. And finally, the bugs. Bugs are like the wide angle, big eye guy down behind the leaves in different places. I said, if you capture all of those angles in each, what I call a vignette, and a vignette is nothing more than a moment in time it can be uh it could be a car car wreck let's say you're you're uh you're driving down the road you're looking at god's perspective you're just loving all the stuff that's going on and then all of a sudden you hear the wheels squeak and boom and instantly your eyes go look straight ahead and what is it what happens well you 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 then go into what i call and have developed the mind's eye perspective your mind literally zooms into that shot Right. right. So you, you have to observe when you're doing things and you're running through life, you observe what the mind's eye perspective is doing. It'll tell you the shot right there. Right. Um, if, if let's say, for instance, you see a shadow, you know, and that shadow is you're, you're in a dark area. Yeah. Well, you're, you look down and see what that shadow is. And yeah. your mind is once again, zooming in. It wants to know exactly what it is. It's not going, Oh, let's look at a whole area over here. Yeah. It, where, it, is, it doesn't, and, it doesn't automatically look to see where the shadow's coming from. You look at the shadow first. Yeah. Exactly. And then if you hear a noise, then you go to that direction. So this whole mind's eye perspective is really reading 
the so the viewer has no way. So let's let's look at it this way. Right. So uh, I'm a viewer, right? This box right here, this little window is all I see. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if that's all I see and that's all I hear coming out of the speaker, then I have to, as a producer or director or whoever is in part of the creative process, I have to use my mind's eye and either create a noise to direct the viewer's eye and camera over to an area or create a shadow movement or any number of things to use that mind's eye perspective and be the viewer and help them see something from what their mind is uh, wanting. And we, it could be so simple as a noise. If the viewer and the and, and the actor hear the noise, we'll use the mind's eye perspective to, to say, what does the viewer's mind now need uh, mm -hmm. based on that cue, that audio or video cue? So when we look at that perspective, if we hear something or see something, that's a cue. That's that's the um, right person's mind going, what, what is that? So right. if trigger. we it's don't the, give it, it's, it is. Yeah, it's a trigger. If we don't give them that, we've missed the game. We've, right. we've completely if, lost If you're just out. showing a wide shot and then you hear a noise, but you never show where that noise was or what, or to, you want to cut there, right? And go to that or yeah. show the shadow or show something that the viewer is seeing. I really like yeah. that. I, that I like that, that whole A, B, C thing that you were saying, how you, you got the God's view you have the the wide establishing shot. You have the the view of the the cameraman's view of the actor. And then you have the actor's view, and whoever if that you know or the animal or the other actor's view. It's very interesting uh -huh. how you just broke it down like that into different yeah. different looks. And that's and so you got those five different perspectives. Then you can apply it to acting, and you can apply it to uh, a process. If you're shooting something about uh, manufacturing, you can apply right. the same process. So what I also I have to make sure that people understand is a vignette is that little chunk of life. Let's say it's a river crossing. Okay, a guy walks up and stops at the river's edge, assesses things, starts walking through the river, he goes over the other side and he's out, he's done. That's a vignette. Right. So if we shoot the five perspectives there uh, and, and we capture that vignette, then what we do is we make the editor really, really happy because what they then need to do is take these vignettes of life and move them around. You know, How many times do we watch television and the most amazing part of the show happens three minutes in? Never. Right. So what they need is these little chunks to be able to move them around and create a show that leads up to that great moment. Right. Nothing in television ever seems to be linear, especially if you're shooting more of a documentary or uh, something that it's dramatic. Right. So, yeah, you're going to, it's, it's you, 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 you climax, right. It's towards the end oh, of the yeah. story, right. Act, oh yeah. End of act two into act three type of thing. I'm more into the narrative side of it. Right. But yeah, I, I get you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it's uh. Uh, one of the other really important things is to read the emotion of the actors. And we, you know, if you're brand new, which you are not into this industry, uh, but there are others who are watching this probably are. We have to see the person's face. We have to read the sweat coming down. We have right. to read the, the motion of their eyes, where yeah. they're looking. That directs us on our next cue on what to shoot and how to, how to light things, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's always a tighter shot uh, right. when you, you know, you're moving from wide to medium tight. But then when you go in the extremes is when there's emotion. Um, right. I had, I was shooting something and uh, with a gentleman who was not quite used to this whole thing. And we set three cameras up and then I was capturing 
my camera, the other cameras were stapled. You know, they were just locked yeah, down. Locked he was down. on one and he had a two shot and I was on another one. I had a two shot. And then what I did as the story progressed, I'm reading that mind's eye perspective of what my mind would at least want to see and hear yeah. if I was looking at this emotionally. And so I went over and I zoomed in on people and we've right. got three cameras to cover. So we've got stuff to cut close to right. i zoomed over tight on these people to capture the emotion it was an emotional moment and after the shoot he was a little bit frustrated he said man you you lost that extra shot we had i said no i got us more shots i got us more emotion to to drive right. the uh our thing by but yeah. he didn't seem to get it and he was a little bit angry at me and uh <laughs> that's fine this is uh you know that's the other thing you have to remember yeah. in television there's that dichotomy of personal and professional you know when you're um, when you're working, things are going to get rough. Sometimes yeah. you don't take it personal when yeah. you quit the job, go out, have coffee with them, have regular life because you know, it's going to happen again. It's just reality. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. That, that, that's always the hardest shot to get to when you have like a two or three coverage. Well, if you have three coverage, it's a lot easier. I've, you know, when I, in situations when I've only had like a two camera coverage and I really want to get some of those crowd reactions, or, mm -hmm. um, you know, those, those, those tights of people listening, it's always hard to find that moment sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, I have to say, um, television does not always give you that opportunity. So we definitely do reenactments, you know, yeah. and that's one thing. If you haven't got a skill at doing reenactments, try to develop that work in situations where it's tough to get that emotion across. I mean, I've been on shoots where, uh, the director is yelling at the actor, and that's not, not because good. he's mad. No, yeah. not because he's mad oh. at all. He just has to develop that uh, frustration enough to build up the tears in the actor. Uh -huh. um, you know, I, uh, a well. couple of the big time actors I remember, um, and I wasn't on this shoot, but I, I saw an a behind the scenes sort of a thing. And they were talking about, uh, it, it was one of the Transformer movies and it was a really emotional scene. Okay. And Shia LaBeouf, you know, he's, he's a millennial. He, he's, you know, things are, for, I mean, it's old farts. We have certain music that does it for us that makes it emotional. Right. Well, his was some like rock tune. Well, in that scene, you know, if you're really trying to get into the emotional things, you'll have speakers there to play that devastating music. So you feel it. Yeah. Um, anytime I'm doing a voiceover, I like to have music that I'm going to use in my ears so that I can huh. play to that music. Well, Shahiz was some rock crazy music. They put him into that mood. Wow. The director says, heck no. So it was kind of a, a huh. compromise between the two of them that didn't end out to be a compromise at all. Poor yeah. Shia was just trying to pull this emotional moment out of some old, old school tune, you know? Yeah. That but, meant something to yeah. him, but the director didn't see that. Yeah. 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 And you know, it, it is what it is. Sometimes you give and you take and you just get through it and you'll have better moments in the end. So I'm going to take from that. You were on transformer set. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> I was no, like, I was tell me more not. about transformers. <laughs> no, you know, I've been on a few movie sets, but I learned right off that those were not, that wasn't the place I wanted to be. I did not okay. get a lot of uh, thrill out of being on a movie set. Like I was on Die Hard 2 and that was a boring, although it's a cool movie. Oh my gosh. We were Film. freezing our rear off, yeah. taking so long for each shot. And, you know, I said, nah. I'm good with it. Plus, yeah. you know, I mean, the, um, here's the sad part of it. Um, I've never drank. I've never smoked. And I try not to ever use any bad language unless my wife beats me or something. But <laughs> I end up uh, not liking the fact that most of the L.A. crew 
yeah. because they have to work nine weeks to get a movie done or yeah. even more, uh, say you have to augment. Well, augment means somehow you have to tell your body to keep going without it really being able to be, keep going. And that's right. usually drugs. So, hmm. so Derek, you live in LA? I do. Um, Holy mackerel. Yeah. So I just, I actually just moved down here. I'm from the Bay area originally. Yeah. That's where I'm born and raised. Okay. Um, I was in the Navy for six years. Wow. So I was an electronics technician, um, but on the ship kind of how I started. Okay. So I'll tell you my, my little history here. So I was in a band and I played music out of high school. I'm 32. I'm sorry. I'm 33. My wife's going to yell at me because I was, I forget my age now. Oh, uh, my <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm 33 and at 18, 19, I was in a band. I played music. I was a bass player. Um, and then the photographer that used to take our photos, I started like kind of following her around. She gave me a camera. I bought it off of her and I started doing live events, taking photos of bands then, you oh, know, wow. four or five years later, I'm in the Navy. And while I'm in the Navy, they find out that I know how to use a camera and I become the command photographer for my ship. Awesome. So for five years, I was I pretty much followed our captains. We had three of them around to like I went to Malaysia, Indonesia, Singapore, Thailand. Every time they came off wow. the ship and met, they'd always meet people like from the countries. I was always the first one off the ship with the camera, you know, seeing them come down. And I always found that really exciting to be in that moment, right? To see yeah, everything and, and capture it. Um, and so when I got out of the Navy, I thought I was going to become an electrical engineer because that's what I did in the Navy. I thought that's, wow. that's, I thought I'd be an engineer. I got accepted to college for it, but I started working in the field and I just, I didn't like it. I, I went back to playing with my cameras and I started filming with friends. And so I just uh -huh. finished I just finished my bachelor's degree here in May. I, I took two years at San Jose State and I finished a degree in film. And wow. that's where I'm at now. While I was going to school though, because I had my Navy experience and I had some income, I wasn't your normal, typical college student, I started my business and I started freelancing for like the last three years. So I am I am very new. Um, when it comes to things, but I got a contract with an energy company and I started doing all their freelance videography work, you know, interviews, Jeez. interviews with customers, stuff like that. I had a friend that worked there, so I just took a meeting with their marketing manager and that's what I'm doing. I'm just meeting people and I'm trying to pick up gigs when I can. And I am currently a, a full-time freelancer. It's difficult wow, right now. But. That's pretty incredible. Well, you got a great personality, and who wouldn't want to work with you? <laughs> well, thank you, Danny. <laughs> yeah, you know, here's the other here's the other part about it. You're kind of like I was when I started out. You look younger than what you are, yeah. and uh, actually, I told a guy um, <laughs> I was at the gym. I know this guy for a long time. Yeah, and uh, he always a little edgy on things. You know, kind of kind of almost like it's competition between me and him, <laughs> and and I never do the competition. But I said, dude. And I am wore out today. I said, you know, I'm going to be 60 here in two years. And, and he goes, 60? You're yeah. kidding me. You, I should have told him, yeah. You look it young. Took, <laughs> well, it took me till I was 27 or 28 to be able to grow part of a mustache. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's pretty sad. And I was bummed out about that. But now, hey, it's pretty good to, you know. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I'm glad I'm talking to you about this because I feel like that's the same thing that's happened to me. I was always the young. Yeah. I always looked really young. I, yeah. My wife is 10 years younger than me. Uh, she's yeah. 23. Wow. I'm I'm 33. So you dig it, bro. 
Huh? <laughs> was that? <laughs> I, 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 I stole, I stole the cradle or whatever, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it, I, I, I always related with people a lot younger than me. Cause I think growing up, I looked so young that people my age kind of, I just didn't get along with a lot of people. It was yeah, weird. Isn't that crazy? It's they weird. think, they think, yeah, they, they, back then, you know, like when you're high school or you're junior mm-hmm. high or whatever it is, it's all this competitive thing going mm-hmm. on here. And who's the oldest really or who's going to, who's, who's the most adult? Who's the, you know what I mean? And then all of a yeah. sudden there's a, I feel like there's a turning point when you hit like that end of your twenties and you're, and then I, I felt it. I hit like 27, uh-huh. 28 and I still looked like I was 20. I was like. This is great. I was like, <laughs> oh, heck yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Now you are on top of the world. And that guy, like, you know, I hate to say it, but some of the guys who are, um, they look old and I mean, older and all this stuff. Ooh, dang, bro. They look real old now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry to some of my friends out there. But um, anyway. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, I'm glad I got to talk to you about that. <laughs> Yeah, it helps sometimes. You know, I, uh, for many years, I've been one of these guys to where I want to help people and I'm willing to make a fool of myself to do it. And sometimes I would just put something out there on, on Facebook. And I said, I told my wife, I said, you know what, if nobody relates to this, but one person and that one person is affected very positively, I'm in for it, you know, and right. I don't care what anyone says. And I've had multiple times where I may just be talking about something in general and how to get through life only because I did it wrong. And somebody will email me that was so significant in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and this one girl, she told me she was raped back at college when I was there. And she says, it's been on my mind and, 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 destroys my life for all yeah, this time because absolutely. of this. And she said that one thing you said, release me from it. I go, wow, it's well worth it. And yeah. I'm not smart. It's just when I go through something bad and I figure a way out, I'm going to share it. That's, that's a good way to go about it. Um, I actually yeah. just filmed my first a YouTube video today that I, I just decided to make a video where I explained that I, I made a mistake. And, and I get yeah. hard, I, I, I get hard on myself sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess that's just the way I am. I, I make a mistake and then I'm like, man, why did I do that? But I, I made sure that I found a way around it uh-huh. and learned from it and just continued on. Like, that's the thing yeah. is you have to learn from a mistake, take it as it is. Cause you're going to make mistakes and yep. continue. I don't remember that at first though. Sometimes I, I get yeah. real. You know what I mean. <laughs> oh, I know very much what you mean. I, uh, I, I just did a talk with my, uh, some kids at the college. And I, you know, the, one of the things I told them, I said, you know, in this industry, it's very easy to get emotionally drowned. Mm. And I said, don't do that. You know, it's all about what I call lessons learned. And as you know, in the military, mm. lessons learned is very big. But um, what I told them, I said, if you're walking up a stair, you're two stairs away from the top and that stair breaks on you. Yeah. You don't go all the way back down to the bottom of the stair and find a ladder to try to get up. Right. No. You find a way to jump over that stair and get to the next one because you're that close to success. So much yep. of the time when we stop, when we find that we are just, we say, Oh, I failed. Is it one stair away? Yeah. All we need to do is keep pushing through. And I think after people do that so for a period of time, 
it becomes easier. And then at a certain point, they're nothing but success. They're just plain outright success because they don't let that bother them at all. They go, Ooh, that's a lesson learned. I'm that much closer to success. Yeah. Um, you know, people have actually said to, to me and, I, and it's crazy. Um, I don't see myself like they see me because I do post whatever good I do on Facebook as a marketing thing. But they always say, you are so talented at all these different things. And I, they, they say, how do you do that? How, how did you become so good at that? I said, well, I failed more than anybody. You know, I tried more than anybody. And I found out a thousand ways not to do it. So what do you think I'm going to do? Yeah. Go back to my bad ways of doing it. I'm just going to learn how to do it right. Right. I was stupid enough to keep going at that point. I didn't have no brilliance or anything. I, I just kept moving forward because I was like, I got to do it. I got to do it. Yeah. And I did it. And I got really good at several things. Now I just want to share it. I want people to enjoy, you know, yeah. for me, for those people who were my mentors, they were kind enough to let me see what they did, how they did it. It was an, an incredible gift. And I want to give that back to people now. That's really good. I'm glad you're doing that. I learned some stuff from you. That's how I first um, came across your, um, your, your content. I, um, I believe it was the color correction in premiere pro the output. Um, that was really? the first thing I think I saw of yours that I, I clicked on and I learned from cause there was that, darn. you know what I'm talking about? That one you showed where it was like the output is a little bit darker, I think, and the exposure and everything. And you, you used, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was not too long ago either. No, that was the, that was the yeah. first thing I saw of yours. And I started, I started following you and talking to you and stuff. So oh, I thought we were connected for years, man. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, I feel like I just met, I, I've known you for years, but I, I just yeah. came across you like, um, no, a couple yeah, months ago. Just don't tell anyone, you know me. Okay. It'll ruin you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were, you were saying something earlier about, um, being competitive or not being competitive. And you were saying that, um, yeah, I've noticed that. And one of the things that I wanted to remark on that with myself is, we're all creatives and we're all creating content and we're all sharing it. There's no reason to be negative or be competitive with the person next to you or your peer. You know, if I have a friend that's no. also filming, I, I don't, I don't want to be in my head going, Oh, I gotta be better. Or I, I have to be better than that person. Or, you know, I gotta do more. I feel like sometimes I regress and I maybe do think that way. And I have to correct myself. I think that that's something that I want to make sure I'm not, that I'm, I'm, you know, I think supporting anyone that wants to create something that's mm -hmm. very powerful and a good way to good, good, a good thing to do. Yeah. 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 I think that's the most beneficial thing you can do is remember you're a team. As long as you can find team members who recognize the fact that um, that's hard. <laughs> more, more eyes, more brains, more willpower mm. from multiple individuals creates a huger accomplishment than one person's idea. No. Well, let me let me ask you, um, can you give some advice to anyone that's starting out in the video world here? What would you tell them to do? I think the one thing to do is just to uh, recognize that you're a learner at this point. You know, you may have some great ideas, but you may be in a situation if you're a PA or something in a, in a production where you're not asked your opinion. You know, remember your experience, your time there could be very valuable. If you ask questions, you know, yeah. say, you know, Hey director, that was really cool. How'd you come up with that? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you're patting, you know, patting them on the back and stuff, mm -hmm. but you're, you're allowing that mentor to share information with you. Mm -hmm. And the bigger part of it is be somebody who is don't, I mean, just comes down to it, don't have the ego, be a friend to these people. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, you know, I, there's things that I do right now. Uh, I'm not trying to be dishonest or anything, but I will try to be your friend if I can see that it's a good relationship that would benefit us both in the, in the end. And I know that um, trying to one up you or trying to take your business, that's stupidity. Yeah. Uh, you can always work with people and, and, and you know, move forward. You grow, but the thing you grow think, together, you know, why? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the most important thing I think right now is for people not to, let's say you want to be a director. Okay. Do not let yourself fall into that, that hole of uh, being a director, get your experience as a PA. I mean, I, I did it the yeah. other day or, or a few months ago, uh, moving back in the industry. I told one of the producers in Denver, I said, Hey man, you know, if you ever need a PA, I'm a pretty good darn uh, yeah. PA. Like you the know? top PA I, that I, you've I, ever I, met. <laughs> <laughs> I would do really good. And he goes, dude, I am really, I really appreciate the way you think, you know, you're not afraid to, to fill a position. Um, and I said, no, I mean, really be honest with you. It's being a part of a team. That's more important to me than anything. Mm -hmm. I said, I need to make a living. And so, yeah, I need to do that. But if it's, if it's opportunity to work with you as a PA, yeah, it's just fun. You get to network, you get to meet people. And in that producer, like you were saying, when you pat a director on the back and you talk to them about how they did something, by doing that, that's also showing them that you're learning and wanting to learn and you're engaging. Yes. And if they're a good uh, manager, production person, whatever, if that person as a director is good at recognizing what it is that creates value in a human, he'll recognize that you have more ambition than the next guy who simply wants to be one thing and one thing only. Uh, I would hire a person who has no experience if I know that it'll work in the situation, but I will, if they are very, very motivated, they'll go far. They'll go really far with you and probably be one of the most loyal people you ever got. Yeah. I liked, um, I was a, I was an assistant or a PA, but it was a two man team. It was me and a videographer. So I was grip. Mm -hmm. I was, I was the whole other side of the production. Um, but Uh I was his assistant and my teacher got me the gig and it was the coolest thing. I mean, I got to, we filmed at PayPal and these other bigger companies with like CEOs and stuff. And I was his right hand man. I missed that because I moved down, moved down here now. And I learned so much from him. And in just a year and a half, you know, he's like, I've never had a PA or a person. He's like, I'm I'm sad to lose you because you're the only because you're a hard worker. You you, you learn, you listen. And I think that's what I try to explain to a lot of people that I know in this field. You know, it's just take your time to learn from the person that's in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Derek, I kind of get the idea. You're a smart man. (laughs) (laughs) I try to be, but I'm not. (laughs) No, no, no. Take it, man. Take it. Bring bring it in. (laughs) No, you're, you're a smart man too. And I'm really thankful that you talked with me today. And I I think we're definitely going to have to talk more in the future. Sounds good, man. I really enjoyed this. It's funny. Um, Like I say, I mean, you're a younger guy, but I'll be honest with you in talking with you, I've got a couple of little jewels I'm taking from it. So, awesome. Awesome. yeah, I'm this glad, is cool. Glad I, I learned a lot from you today, too. And uh, I'll be putting on online and we'll be sharing this to everyone else. Sounds good. Well, Thanks, I Derek. I appreciate this, you having me. Yeah. Well, this is the end of the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for watching. This was Danny Dodge. His information is going to be down below. And this is another Make Media podcast. Have a good day.